Yeah, this album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. And all the niggas in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack Mr. Magic. I got a feeling that today is going to be a good, good show. (laughs) 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 Wow. Tonight, tonight, some bullshit Black Eyed Peas rap. (laughs) I didn't know that was Black Eyed Peas. I heard that shit all during the NBA playoffs and stuff. And uh, I, I actually thought that the first little bit of that song was actually like, ah, that, that's not horribly offensive. It's actually kind of cool. And then they start with the fucking shitty Black Eyed Peas rap. They are. Like, oh. Ho, ho, ho. Black Eyed Peas have really taken a turn. They're almost unrecognizable as themselves anymore. They used to be, we be falling up, never falling down. <laughs> that, fucking, was, that was good. Yeah, Bridging the Gap was one of my favorite CDs when I first started listening to Is that it. that before they got Fergie? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's before they got Fergie. The, um, the, the thing, have you ever seen that Saturday Night Live skit where it's like, hire the Black Eyed Peas for your birthday party? Because you know how they appear on everything? <laughs> There's like yeah. special guests on everything featuring yeah. the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> they just fucking show up. Yeah, they used to be, I mean... Fergie looks like an old shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Horrible, man. Man, whatever. When she first... She was hot. She is not. She got that fucking leather face. They they airbrushed the shit out of her. They do. When she pissed herself on on stage, (laughs) that was it for me. (laughs) Come on, you never pissed yourself? Nah, nah. Not on stage in front of that many people, no. Wait, what does she sing in that song? What part does she sing in that song? Apparently, she was just a big fan. Yeah. And she, she kept, like, lobbying them to be in the group. And I guess they finally just said, ah, oh, she's not going to stop. It's like uh, it's like constant friend requests on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you finally just accept it. She is the blank of the music world. Yeah. By blank, yeah. I mean person that Groove and I know. And that, Mikey knows. Yeah, that sends me multiple friend requests. I, I got a feeling. Is, but... <laughs> 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 uh, oh. I had no idea that was their, their their song, though. But it makes sense now. Because it's on to fucking everything. Cause they, the, 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 they did some promo for uh, Oprah last week. Really? Yeah, when you're doing the promo for, for Oprah... They basically, uh, they changed the, the lyrics of the song to, like, because Oprah's, like, been on for, like, 50 years or something. Yeah. I got a feeling that Oprah's been on for 50 years. And then they had this whole sing and dance thing. Ugh. It's a shame to see the Black Eyed Peas sell out like that. Ladies and gentlemen, the Black Eyed Peas! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look under your seats! They're coming to your party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the everybody contract. In the, everybody in the audience today is going to have Fogey from the Black Eyed Peas pee on their birthday cake. 
<laughs> These are some things I'm really into this year. Uh, hmm. Well, welcome to I Only Like the Old Stuff, episode 17. Yeah. Untitled. What's up? I got a feeling that's the name of this one. I got a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a special guest on the show this week, uh, Mikey, previous uh, fan of the week, and one of our good buddies, Mikey. Wilbon. Did you just <laughs> say Wilbon? I said Wagwan. Oh, I thought the host was PTI for a minute. So Mikey's uh, on the show. Mikey's a man of many opinions, and you can learn about his opinions uh, by visiting Open Salon and searching for Moses underscore Mendoza. Um, and he hasn't written lately, and I think he's a little bit embarrassed about that, but he went on a stint for a couple of weeks where he wrote something every day, and um, and the stuff's fun to read. So I, I strongly encourage anybody listening to this, while you're listening, go check out Moses Mendoza on Open Salon. I'm sure you can just Google it. Because yeah. to be honest with you, I'm not too familiar with Open Salon. The only reason I go is to check out Moses Mendoza's recent updates, which hasn't happened since September 1st. However, read my old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's much better. In fact, yeah, read the old stuff. Start at the beginning with um, what was that? It was like you started this with uh, trying to flesh out a novel. Is that? I mean, is that why you started writing on it, Pennsylvania? Yeah, I had this. I had written the first chapter of this novel, and the character is named Moses Mendoza, and uh, I put it out there to see if uh, I could get somebody to read it. Totally failed. Nobody read it. And then uh, so I just started writing other shit in hopes that they would see that and then go back and look at my old stuff. Yeah. Also a fail. <laughs> <laughs> but they but they like the throwaway stuff I was writing. You should see if you can get the Black Eyed Peas to appear on your blog. <laughs> <laughs> They're in my novel. Are they? <laughs> I, I <laughs> we haven't contracted them yet. Hmm. No, but I wrote a few stuff that actually fits into the scope of the novel, so... Search that out, and I'll be so happy. Yeah. Um, some favorites of mine are Ask Jigga, more financial advice from your boy S. Dot, or financial advice from the Black Warren Buffett, um, and also uh, Dating with Biggie, whatever the title of that, that is. I like it. It's all good. So um, because Mikey's a man of so many uh, opinions, we've asked him to come on and be a part. I finally like their old stuff, and uh, we're really looking forward to uh, um, Mikey kind of exceeding expectations, and they're already high, so no Jeez. pressure. <laughs> thankfully, <clears throat> thankfully, our loyal fans talk groove down from the let's have five people on the uh, show ledge. No, let's address um, that, okay, because it wasn't our loyal fans that talked me down, because I had people in my camp that thought having five fans was a good idea. And, in fact, there was what Mitchell said, we should have 73 people on the podcast at one right, time. Right, he was being an asshole. <laughs> you can't really count that. But the, um, there are podcasts with five people on them, okay? A, B, I knew that since you were not excited about it, in fact, you were against it, you would do everything you could to sabotage it and make it a train wreck. Just to prove your point. Oh, bullshit. Clave sent me a, te a direct message, and he was concerned, and he said, uh, I think five people are just too many to have on a podcast. No, well, thank this, you, right? th this question I would ask the 
Clave, did you enjoy the episode with Tom? Yes. Did you enjoy the episode <laughs> with PK? Yes. Did you enjoy the episode with Fasetti? Yes. Why not combine those with a new episode and one that features <clears throat> uh, Mikey himself? Um, and, and, you know, what? and how could anybody say no to that? It's like having, you know, both a little, little Debbie oatmeal cream pie and an Oreo, but taking just the white stuff out of those and putting it together and eating that. What? Awesome. what? <laughs> huh? I. Uh. Would, <laughs> would you have them both in your mouth at the same time? What? Because even though it would be delicious, you might not know which one was actually <laughs> making a delicious. Hush that dog up. <laughs> yeah, right? Hey, hey. What? See, uh, it, it, it's going to go a little something like this. Uh, it, hey, hey, no, you go. No, you go. No, you go. No, you. Uh, hey. Uh, no, I was going to go. No, you go ahead and say what you were going to say. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Oh, you're breaking up. Oh, we lost somebody. Who did we lose? Oh, the recording stopped. we got to go back. Uh, oh, let me get these levels right. Oh, don't even start. <laughs> Anyways, well, so, um, okay, fine. We're not, yeah, we don't have five people on the podcast. We have three. And it'll be exciting and fun and, um, you know, enjoyable for right. anybody that chooses to listen. It's time for me to When's get Clave coming on? Rails. Uh, that's a good question. When is Clave coming on? And also, when is E Weezy coming on? E Weezy. It's going to be They would be like the Fergie of the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, don't do that. You just, the, the, <laughs> opinions of, the opinions of Mikey do not necessarily reflect <laughs> the opinions of I only like their own stuff. The yeah, person who was added on who made you guys skyrocket to mainstream success. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that would be E-Weezy then, because he is lobbying <laughs> us. As, as Fergie lobbied the Black Eyed Peas, E-Weezy is lobbying us to be guest. He might become a... a who's typing? Yeah, Fist of Fury. <laughs> so moving on, let's do number one fan, number one hater. Number one fan this week is uh, Wet Cardboard Box. Which is a person. We don't know who he is, but he's on our Twitter feed, and he gives us cryptic comments every once in a while. And I, I, had, I thought I knew who it was. <laughs> and you I were thought wrong. it was Schmunky, but I guess I'm wrong. I mean, we haven't gotten to the bottom of it. Did you ask Schmunky if it was him? No. Well, then you don't know it's not. Do you really think Schmunky would have an account called Wet Cardboard Box? <laughs> and he's got a name like Schmunky. I can't picture anybody having an account called Wet Cardboard Box. Oh, why you got to diss our number one fan? Reveal yourself, Wet Cardboard Box. Let us know who you are. I know who it is. You do? It's the same person who keeps uh, requesting me on Facebook. <laughs> 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 he has a Wet uh, Cardboard Box. So if you, uh, if you notice, we're moving down the line uh, for number one fan. We might have to face it out soon because... I think we've hit every single listener with the advent of wet cardboard boxes. Oh, the one listener that we've missed is like, but they didn't pick me. Hold on now, yeah, me. Um, yeah, and the number one hater this week is going back to an old standby, uh, <laughs> OE, the OG, Mr. Owen Evans, um, because he said that, uh, 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 that the the bullshit start of the week before last show where you just kind of started on your rambling uh No, I didn't dream. start on rambling. I asked a a good valid question. Uh-huh. 
and we addressed the question. Okay. Well, anyway, he said that the singing's not funny, and I beg to differ. It's not that he's right. It's not funny. It's spectacular. So it's awesome. Yeah. So the, the singing is the thing where I'm listening in the office, and it's just it's the highest stakes when someone's actually going to walk by my door and side <laughs> and see me hiding my face giggling while you're singing. Singing some <laughs> old R and B song. Yeah. How, how do you explain that one? Didn't you, you don't. Mikey, weren't you walking downtown somewhere listening to the show and, and Joey started singing and you laughed? And everybody and you stared to, at you. You had to hide your face from laughing because people thought you were crazy or something? Oh, yeah, I'd be walking around campus and you'd just see somebody on the sidewalk and you're looking like an idiot, like contorting your face not to laugh. <laughs> well, <let's, laughs> they think you're listening to really funny music. <laughs> oh, are you listening to Lonely Island right now? <laughs> you got that Lonely Island now. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to so, fuck with. So, welcome to the show back. We didn't take a break. Oh, magic of editing. The magic of editing. None of this will be here. I don't like their old stuff. Let's see grab bag. <clears throat> grab bag? Grab bag this week. So we're kicking it off with grab bag this week. Yep. It's called Should I Go See It? Should I Go yeah. See It? You're mixing grab bags up, but that's okay. What? Should I Go See It is the movie and trailer it, review. Sh- no, that wasn't. Should I, should I Go See It was not movie trailer reviews. Should I Go See It was uh, a review of a single movie that you had seen. Should I keep listening? To tell <laughs> we never had a name for the movie trailers one. It was just called movie trailers. That's what I said. <laughs> so this week on movie trailers, what you got the list of trailers? Trailer trash. Yeah, I got the list of Jake trailers. <laughs> trailer trash. We're gonna review where the wild things are, pirate radio. Bad interviews with hideous men. Brief. Brief interviews with hideous men. Uh, Disney's Christmas Carol. Nobody. Takers. The Messenger. And Adventures of Power. I think I need to bring up the trailers thing because so many of those trailers have very uh, generic titles that I can't I can't remember what's what. Well, let's start off with one that we all know, uh, which is Where the Wild Things Are. Mikey, uh, why don't you start it, dude? Yeah, Mikey, you wanted to talk about Where the Wild Things Are, so... Yeah. Well, okay. I've been been excited um, to see this movie, and I guess I have to admit that... I mean, I did watch the trailer again after we decided to watch the trailer on the computer, but I've seen it a couple times in the actual theater. Yeah, I think 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 by the time this comes out, most people have probably seen it, whereas, like... A lot of the trailers that we review, I don't think have been that circulated yet. So We're usually ahead of the curve. We're usually on the indie scene. Yeah. The real. <laughs> We're so indie. Yeah. But so, uh, yeah, so so hit, hit us with it, Mikey. What's the what's your review? Well, I mean, it looks like it looks sort of just visually really cool looking, and this is like I don't know. At least it's like a story that hasn't been done a thousand times. Like we'll talk about a Christmas Carol later, but like. You know, it's 
it's a book that like most people are familiar with, but it's pretty like distinctly different than most like movies you watch, whether they're like a comic book or a cartoon or just like a, a children's movie. Are you a fan of the book? I am. Like, I remember thinking that it was cool and sort of dark when I was little, and I don't I don't remember it that well. But when I worked at a this wilderness program, the like the therapist had this poster in his office. Yeah. And I was I always just sort of remember that like a lot of the kids that we brought in there who were like these teenagers that were like in there for drug problems or whatever just always had like a really strong reaction to seeing the poster in his office. And so right. that sort of like maybe wraps up in me why like just sort of. Also, it was uh, the screenplay from the book was written by Dave Eggers, who's like one of my favorite writers. Yeah, I heard, I heard that. Um, he's got there, there's some kind of he's got like a novelization of it too that's out that I just saw the other day. But um, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the book as a kid. I never really read it. But as I got older, and I started getting into art and illustration. Um, I got a real appreciation for it because it's just the the illustration in it is awesome. You know, and the writer is also the illustrator Maurice Sendak, I guess. And I'm excited about it because I like that they haven't used a ton of CGI, it looks like, in the movie. And it, it really gives it, like, the look of the book, I think. You know, it has a very distinct style, the book does. The monsters and everything. And I think it looks to me like they've done a good job of translating that over. Now, as far as the plot goes, who knows until we see it. But Right? I mean, isn't the book really short, like 12 pages? Yeah, yeah, it is. So it's it's... Interesting that they've chosen to adapt it into a movie, but they they've they've obviously kept what was like the real hype about the book, which is just this amazing illustrations, visual style of it. I hope it's just one big music video. No you don't, you're not going to see it, so no, I am going to go see it. Mackenzie wants to go see it, and of course, oh, oh now you changed your position. Ha- I was hating on it because you blindly w- hated on the Watchmen without watching it and said. <laughs> See, so, so the truth comes out. So you chose to fight my blind quotation marks hatred um, with, with blind with hatred. Blind yeah, because truth. the only way to fight you is to fight fire with fire. No, I have a legitimate stance about the. the you don't have a legitimate movie. stance. Your argument is completely invalid. This cat is putting, pushing a watermelon out of the ocean. Shitty fucking director. And uh, adaptation that I did not feel was going to be good of one of my favorite comic books of all time. So there I, you go. That's, that's, that's not what valid. It's. That's not valid. I'm scared of change. Why I'm is that not valid? That's my opinion. It doesn't. Uh, you're saying my opinion is not valid. You said I have a valid stance your, to take. And then your you opinion is wrong. Opinion? Your opinion is wrong. You don't you feel say, that way. You can't say it's valid if it's an opinion. Then. I yeah. had I had a reason. I'm saying I had reasons. I was I, I had personal Your reasons. reasons are but, but, well, that's fine. I had <laughs> that, reasons. You didn't have fine, any reasons. Don't, don't say it's valid if 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 if, you, if it's an opinion. Well, you you didn't have any reasons. You just hated on it to hate on something. I that do I, have I, my reasons are opinions are are, are, are personal. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. Well, it turns out that's like an adaptation of something that you really really like. So that sort of raises the stakes for you, and you feel like you'd be really upset if it's bad. So that's what I feel like the opposite. That's that's the curse of being a fanboy about anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, it was something that I so thought obviously was be you bad. Don't, so you I don't didn't like where it. the wild things are as a book that much. No, I like. I think that the adaptation's going to be good. I didn't think the adaptation of The Watchmen was going to be good, so I didn't go see it. Well, well, that's. I mean, well, I think this might be good, so I'm going to go see it. And and I don't. Well, shit. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, it wasn't that you didn't go see it because you didn't think it was going to be good. It's been, You went on the record saying, this never happened, in my opinion. Which, well, I have a list of things well, that never happened. That's, well, but that's encroaching on other people. You're trying, to, you're trying to, you know, project your. It's not, I didn't drive to everybody's house. I went to see the Watchmen and say, "You need to sign this." Uh, it says that you did not see that movie. <laughs> you're a, a Watchmen denier. You did as best you could. You did as best you could without driving to people's comment. house. Yeah, I did. I reached all 30 people that followed me on Twitter. I really got the message out there. Yeah. Right. I really, really spread it, spread it around there. I think I really you noticed that the the uh, the gross of the movie drops steadily as soon as I started tweeting about it. So. Oh yeah. Oh. No, you're just you're, you're you've lost this one. So I haven't lost this one. Well, you shouldn't be allowed to go see where the wild things are. See, there you go. Now you're now you've started encroaching on me again. On my on my listeners, go back and listen to the, that episode where Groove just hated on where the wild things are and Spike Jones and everything about it. And uh, yeah, and, I did. I did, and I will again if I need to. I'm not. It's never happened, in my opinion. Well, good. I don't want you to see it. Well, I'm not going to, and I'm going to okay. go to the theater well, and just really, close my eyes really and hold that. my hands over my ears. That's what I'm going to do. You really hurt me with that. No, he, mm-hmm. he shouldn't. You shouldn't go see it. I'm not going to go see it. Well, yeah, you are. Your girlfriend's going to make you go see it. Your fiance. No. She'll go by herself. No, she won't. She'll go with you. Well, maybe she should. Maybe somebody who appreciates it. Go with somebody that fucking all opinions. With me and Mikey. Yeah. Stay at home and watch The Watchmen on DVD. I will watch The Watchmen. Visionary Zack Snyder. I'll watch it on Blu-ray because I own the director's cut on Blu-ray and I can watch it alongside Zack Snyder. Visionary director. Missionary director. Visionary director. Uh, he is a missionary, but anyways, because he's, you know, he converted position. me. Yeah. I like to watch slow motion and fast forward back to back in action sequences. I like people to go real slow and then all of a sudden cut through somebody. That's visionary. Yeah. And that reflects really well with the this scenes in the book. is Sparta! <laughs> Get out of here. Let's should we move on to something else? That's fine. Let's move on to a, another. Movie we just shit like, all over that. Yeah, we'll shit well, all over Mikey's hype over that. Let's shit all over Pirate Radio because yeah. Hoffman has jumped the fucking shark, literally and figuratively, with this movie. Yeah, there might be shark jumping in that movie because they're on the water in a boat. <laughs> they're on the water in a boat, and it's. So, I think this is supposed to be the feel-good movie of the year. And finally, PSH gets a movie where he's the lead, and it has to be this one. I think he finally got to the point where he's like, if I keep doing legitimate movies with great characters, I'm never going to get any recognition. Is so he, I may as well sell out and play this fucking How is he not the lead in, uh, in Cold Blood? He's the lead in several movies, but they're not movies that have gotten any kind of like box office hype, you know, I mean, he was... Yeah, only, I mean, he only won an Oscar for that one he was in, where he played Truman Capote. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, point taken, but why the fuck is he doing pirate radio? I don't a, know. A, a, supporting pirates, B, <laughs> shitty fucking, nobody cares about rock and roll music off the coast of England. Maybe is he, he believes in the music. 
here's my theory. They called him up and they were like, you remember when you were in that movie and you played Rolling Stone reviewer Lester Banks? Yeah, that uh, almost famous movie. Yeah, we just, all you have to do is, is do that again. Okay, actually, we're just going to edit footage from that movie. And so you're only going to have to film about three scenes for this. We're just going to yeah. put some of that footage in there. I don't know. I do. I will say I really like Bill Nye a lot. The, uh, mm-hmm. the other guys that's in there. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he's it's in just, love, actually. It's actually just Bill Nye. Bill Nye. In, the science guy? Yeah, well, it's, that's why it confuses people when it's just pronounced and not written. But it's pronounced Bill Nye. It's, it's pronounced Bill Nye? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that the guy from Flight of the Concord? <laughs> no. Because he's in there, too, but it looks like he gets thrown off the ship pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no. it's a comedy movie that has elements of horror movies where people just disappear <laughs> by falling off the sides of the ship. But Bill I Nye love. was in uh, Love Actually and a couple other movies. I don't know. I haven't seen him in a whole lot of stuff. But he was on pretty... he was in Pygmalion on Broadway with Julianne Moore. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, well I <laughs> I like him a lot, but not enough to see this movie. No. <laughs> no. I'm gonna go see it. Why not? Are you? No. Does Zack Snyder had something to do with it? <laughs> what do you have to say about this movie, Mikey? Oh, you know, I, I lost the notes that I took down when I was writing those trailers, but I had written something to the effect of uh, <laughs> Empire Records on a tugboat. <laughs> uh, I, it looks really, really bad. We believe in the transformative power of music. And they're hitting us with torpedoes. <laughs> Well, the next um, there's that sound again. What are you doing, Mike? Not me. The, there's this like little thing that attaches to my headphones, like a volume control, and I'm having a hard time putting it in a place where it stays still. Ah, maybe just hold it in your hand. Good. Well, I talk with my hands. <laughs> I'm videotaping this for the hearing impaired. Um, with hideous men. Where is that? Hold on, I gotta find that. Mikey, Mikey suggested that one. What? Say it, say it right. What is it? Because well, it's got his. It's a adaptation. Well, I'll let you say why. I, say I, I've got a theory of why you suggested it. Oh, I know why. Because yeah, this is the David Foster Wallace um, book, which is not quite a collection of short stories and not quite. Well, I mean, I guess it is a collection of short stories. It's sort of like a recurring theme. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people unfamiliar, it was uh, the the hunk from the office, John Krasinski, who apparently is quite the, the postmodern intellectual, bought the rights to make this. Um, and, and, I mean, maybe, like, I'm sort of just happy that he did it. And it might suck. Is it yeah. based, like, are the short stories based on truth, or are they just made-up stories about these people? The, sh- the short stories are, like, these, these interviews um, with different men, and uh, they're sort are, of like... Are they can't... real interviews, though? Actual yeah, interviews? Okay. No, um, and you can't you can't see the interview questions. You can just like sort of try to glean the questions off the responses. Uh-huh. And the men are like they're like really awful. Like for instance, there's this one guy who's missing an arm, and he calls his little like flap of an arm thing that he's missing his asset. And he uh, he uses it. He has this like whole like really detailed strategy on how he like he uses his flap to have sex with women oh. by make, by making them feel sorry for him. Oh. Okay. Uh, and I mean, it's hard to explain, like, David Foster Wallace as a writer. Like, he he takes you through, like, a few sort of, like, curves where you feel like you're starting to, like, get a picture of what's going on and you think this person is just, like, just a terrible, terrible person. And then at the end, like, he just 
twist you like enough where you don't really you're not really sure what's right or wrong. Well, do you, let me ask you this: Do you have a lot of faith in uh, in uh, Jim from The Office as a director? No, I mean I think this is gonna it's got to be a really tough thing to adapt. Also, but sort of like with the movie Notorious, I feel like even if it's terrible, <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful that they made it. Right. And to watch it, and I think probably it's gonna be difficult for people to see this movie because it probably won't make it out much farther than like you know Brooklyn roof. It won some awards, didn't it? Yeah, I think it's it went to Sundance and did okay. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the taglines was the funniest movie at Sundance this year, or some bullshit like that. Which, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like those those out of context quotes. You know, it's like <laughs> the funniest movie like, about the Holocaust. The funniest movie at Sundance this year because there was only one funny movie at Sundance this year. You know, or something. Yeah. like that. It's like oh, I, I there's really something about. You know, over the past five years, having those olive branches around, <laughs> you know, like to say yeah. that it's been in so many indie, you know, like, or film festivals. That, like, you could probably get 20 of those on the Jury selection. It's still shitty, you know. I, I went to a film festival when I was doing some of the film festivals in the southeast. I went to one in Knoxville, and there were some guys there from New Jersey that had this movie, um... It was about this rapper. It was pretty funny, actually. But um, they had made this tra- this uh, poster up, this movie poster, and it had those olive branches on it with the little, you know, Sundance things and everything on there. Yeah, yeah. And one of them had the olive branches, and it had a quote, and it said, "This is the greatest movie ever to play in the state of Tennessee." And it said the quote was attributed to the governor of Tennessee. <laughs> it, it didn't even say the name of the governor. It just said the governor of Tennessee. Bill Bredesen, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, you could put those olive branches on anything, and you could probably put it on the Watchmen trailer. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably what they put visionary director in between was some olive branches. It's just uh, it's it got to the point where I remember thinking about that when I would go to um, the movie rental place, and and I just. I would go on a regular basis, uh, you know, I would like go once a week or whatever, and it just kept happening where like more and more olive branches would show up on the front of these movies, and it's like, how many is too many, you know? Did you let it affect you? Like, this movie doesn't have any olive branches. Shitty ass movie. I'm not getting this. <laughs> I, I'm sure that it affected me on some level of like, oh, well, I got into Cannes and Sundance. Ooh, it was the grand jury prize winner of the, you know, Millbrook. Film festival, yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you call Mackenzie over? Like, look at this movie, it won best in show at the Millbrook International Film Festival, like, Millbrook, uh, Ohio. Like, how many how many olive branches your movie got? Three? No, this one's got five. Let's go with this one. <laughs> Shouting across the store. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that. Um, I don't think the movie's going to do very well. I think you're right about that, Mikey. And uh, it's, a, it's a lot of talking, um, but there's some fun. I think Bill Hader's in this one. Well, it looks like something that if it's well done, it'll be a good it'll be a good movie if you can you know if 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 you like the Talking Heads style. Yeah, it's one of these movies that uh, doesn't really need to be a movie. I mean, you could see it like being a a good play because they don't think they like really even change the set very often. Well, uh, yeah, obviously he was, and he was able to get a lot of guest stars in it, basically mm-hmm. because it was little short roles. Like he's got Will Arnett, Timothy Hutton, 
The guy from uh, Law and Order SVU is in it, I think. Christopher Maloney. He's got. There's a lot of people in it. That's okay. So there's this this trailer and another one that we actually have aren't going to be planning to talk about, which is like uh, there's a couple movies coming out that's got a lot of people in it that doesn't look like it's going to be that good. And and I'm I'm probably going to get hated on for saying this, but um, the um, the men who stare at goats. I've watched the the first time I watched the trailer. I thought it would be pretty good, and I've watched it like two or three more times. And I don't think it's going to be as good as people expect it to be. You know what? And I, I saw that. I need, I had not heard of that movie at all, and I saw that when I was watching the um, football game today for the first mm-hmm. time ever. Yeah. And I was like, man, that looks like it's going to be terrible, but it looks like it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Like it looks like it's going to be George Clooney chewing up the scenery, which when he's on and doing that, he's really good. Yeah. Um, but it looks like it's just going to be a mess of a movie. Um, but I, I don't know. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Well, sure. I, I, I fear, though, that a lot of people that wished they liked The Big Lebowski when The Big Lebowski came out are mm-hmm. going to say, oh, this is my chance to like the cult classic when it comes out. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you've got Jeff Bridges in it basically playing the dude. 2.0. Which that part looked pretty funny, too. So. Yeah. I think I'm going to like Kevin Spacey more than anybody else in that movie. Yeah, you, that sounds right. You probably would. Oh, you, <laughs> you got yeah, to. As I'm looking at this, kind of guy. As I'm looking at the website, the Apple website, it's, it's flashing in between, you know, different advertisements for movies. And the one that we'll talk about next, just because it's doing this, uh, is The Messenger. Um, and, and it's got four olive branches around the outside of it. Winner, Best Screenplay, Berlin Film Festival. Winner, Peace Film Award, Berlin Film Festival. Official Selection, Winner, Grand Prize. Official Selection, you shouldn't be able to list that. It got the, uh, Grand Prize at the Domeville American Festival. Never heard of it. That's, that's prestigious. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm going to make a movie and just submit it to Sundance, not even pay the entry fee or anything, just mail it to them and say, uh, submit it to Sundance. Yeah, official submissions. <laughs> official submission to Sundance. Uh, so let's talk about The Messenger. All right, let me kick it off. Um, two things that this movie's got going for it. Um, Woody Harrelson who I tend to like, and he don't, he doesn't tend to do a whole lot of stuff that's big roles, but I like him in most everything he's in. Um, and you Samantha, seen Zombieland? I haven't, but um, a lot of people I know have, and they really liked it. Did you see it? Mm-mm. But Mackenzie and I went to the midnight release of The Invention of Lying. Yeah. Just because we were up late and we figured we should go, and I was really, obviously I was really hyped to go see it because it was Ricky Gervais, and that was the same night that they did a midnight release of Zombieland, Yeah, and we walk up to, actually we drove by the theater first to find parking, and there were three people, like, walking towards the car, and I was like, that's weird, why are these, like, high school looking people walking to the car, and they get brains. Yeah, they were dressed <laughs> up as zombies, and they're, like, tattered clothes and face oh, paint and stuff, and they were yelling at us, yeah. and then we go into the theater, and everybody that's working there is a zombie. And no way. And the lady, we walk up to get popcorn and stuff, and all of a sudden this lady pops up from behind the counter and lunges over the top of the counter, and is like, meh! <laughs> it scared it, it scared the shit out of me. I didn't. That's some hype, it. man. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was hype, and we 
<laughs> so they it's were not like hype that you didn't go see the movie. <laughs> well, they were, I know, right? There were like there were probably I don't know, you know, a hundred or so people coming into the theater, yeah. and um, and we walk into the invention of lying, and, there, and there's nobody in the theater. <laughs> You're like, oh, we didn't think anybody was going to come, so we're going to have to go set the movie up right now. It's going to be a little late. Yeah, it's going to be a couple of minutes. <laughs> we, we didn't thread it up. This one. We were just playing a courtesy to the to the, this other movie. Well, I, I want to see Zombieland, but we're talking about The Messenger right now. Yeah. Uh, which is looks to be a war movie about the Iraq war, which has already got a strike against it because most of those movies don't do very well. None of those uh, movies do well. Although that movie that we reviewed on the first trailers thing, the um, the the Hurt Locker, yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, finally came well, out and heard some reviews on it. I do want to see it. Of course, it's not playing anywhere. But anyway, this movie looks to be about got, uh, people in the army that go and tell uh, loved ones that their uh, loved one has been killed in the war. Um, it does have uh, Woody Harrelson, like I said. The other thing it's got going for it is Samantha Morton, who I really like a lot, and I think is a really good actress. She was in um, Control, which is a movie about Joy Division that came out last year. And she's been in um, Minority Report and several other movies, but she's—I think she's a really good actress. Minority she, Report, huh? Minority Report. Well, she was the, she was good in that though. Minority. It's based on a really good story, short story. Yeah. Um, but well, she's been in a lot of prestigious stuff that is not Minority Report. And, uh, well, no, get this—I was really excited to go see Minority Report because I used to be an idiot, and. Yeah. Um, I uh, I went to see it and I had forgotten that I had promised my dad I'd go see it with him and so I go on opening night to see Minority Report and I leave the tra- you know the theater disappointed and realizing how big of an idiot I am and then I have to go see it with my dad the next night and it's like three hours long it is and I was way too like, long oh I have to go back to see this again anyway but that was the first time I ever saw Samantha Morton. She's been in other stuff, but she's. I, I'm interested to see her pulling off. They didn't really show it very much in the trailer, but her pulling off an American accent or American Southern accent, presumably. Uh, not not sure about that, but um, it's also got that guy who was in uh, that Justin Timberlake movie. Well, that's what I was going to say. Dog. Yeah, Ben Foster, yeah. and I actually I think I think he's going to carry the movie. I think he's I think he's going to do real yeah. well. Yeah, no, I do. Come on. No, you didn't see Alpha Dog. I did I see Alpha good. Dog. I thought he was awesome in Alpha Dog. I didn't think he was he good in it, but he didn't care everybody that. in that party, and he was all karate about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that Alpha Dog is a good movie. I liked it. I, I liked it because I didn't know the story before I went to see it, and so the whole time I was just, like, nervous. Yeah. Anyway. I, well, this movie—I don't know. I, well, that's the thing is, I saw him and I was like, "That's that guy from Alpha Dog." That's what I immediately <laughs> thought. So I, I, that's what kind of biased me towards him in it is that I was—I just kind of, even though I liked him in Alpha Dog, I just kind of was like, "Uh, he's gonna have another role, in something he's, else, is somebody else." Is he gonna beat the shit out of five guys at a party? Yeah. What do you think about it, Mikey? Um, I'm having a hard time like. I'm afraid to say anything funny about it. I mean, it's a movie about the guys who go to widows' doors to inform them that they're widows. Right. You know, they go around, like, telling families that their kids died in Iraq. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I mean, I'm sh- it could be really good. They certainly raised the stakes on it. Yeah. Um, but I have a hard time sort of, like, sitting around on a Saturday and be like, hey, let's, you guys want to go watch that movie about the people who have to tell their... Families, their sons were killed in the war. Right. 
It's got a shitload of olive branches, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you already you get like five just for using that theme. Right. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, it has it has the potential to be pretty good. I just watched Alpha Dog like three days ago, and I was sort of like embarrassed to watch it because I thought it was like for teenage girls, but uh, it's pretty good. It seems like it would be a guilty pleasure, but it was that that was from the way they marketed it, I think, and it actually is just a really pretty good movie. So. It's got my boy in it. Justin Timberlake. And Emile Hirsch. Yeah, and Emile Hirsch. Love them both. Yeah. It, well, the funny thing is, is Emile Hirsch was set up to be the lead role in that, as far as the trailers go, but Justin Timberlake's in that movie a lot more than Emile Hirsch is. Well, that kid that gets, the the one that gets kidnapped, he's in it a lot, too. I yeah. mean, I don't know, I, I, whatever, I'm, yeah, I'm embarrassed to say I watched it, but well, I watched it. There you I, go. Think I, I think us saying that we did will allow a lot of other people to say they watched yeah, it. So when Alpha Dog comes to a theater near you, go see it. <laughs> we just read the trailer. So. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about uh, Nobody. And um, we'll find it. And Because um, there's, yeah. there's some things to say about this movie. Boo! Yeah. I was surprised you decided to include it. It doesn't seem like this is going to come to a theater near anyone. Well, I, I there was I no not. rhyme or reason for including things on this. I yeah, we just pick out something that's like. Uh, that I just looks look like at the pictures. About. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I I, man, it's just like it, it's too much indie, fucking critical mass of indie filmmaking shit in this. Yeah. Quirky story of quirky dude overcoming quirky situation with quirky characters surrounding him. Yeah. Once they again, like, the- hey, there's this guy named Wes Anderson, and we really need to make some movies that sort of uh, seem like his movies because people like his, his movies. So. His formula works, yeah. yeah. Not that I it's like this like one that. when it was called uh, Art School Confidential. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mackenzie said, we were watching these trailers together, and Mackenzie said, Oh, that looks like it's going to be the search and find yourself feel good movie. Yeah, is the, it the, the, exactly. And the, the the funny thing is, is you know they give like a pedigree like from the writer of such and such, and I can't remember what it was in this trailer because it's been so long since I've seen it. But they gave like from the from the line producer of Forty Days <laughs> and Forty Nights. Yeah, Forty Days and Forty Nights. The executive producer. That's Josh that Hartman. Shit Adam Sandler movie, right? It's oh, uh, oh the executive producer is Josh Hartner oh, and the writer the writer is the writer of Forty Days and Forty Nights. That's the that's a Harrison Ford movie, right? That's the yeah. movie about Lent. No, that yeah, that's the movie about Josh Hartnett not having sex with girls for forty days and forty oh, nights. Oh, okay. See, so first I, I thought it was joke. first I thought it was from, I, I misread it and thought it said from the director of Forty Dates. Yeah, which is that Adam Sandler movie. And then, just as you were describing it, I thought it was that Harrison Ford movie, which is called 40 Days, I think. Um, 50 First Dates is the Drew Barrymore Adam Sandler movie. Come on, get it right. If you're going to knock on it, get it right. Let me just say the tagline for this movie, Nobody, is... This is is just a testament to how great this movie is going to be. Maybe you don't have to be somebody to be someone. They actually say that line, and they yeah. totally blow it in the trailer, like the hype moment of the movie where they've they've built up to this. Maybe yeah. that is your thing, that you're nobody. <laughs> Get out of here. How's this shit on, on Apple.com? Get, Get the fuck out of here. Well, think about, <laughs> well, time out. out. 
Because the type of person that would like this movie probably searches the Apple website a lot. Yeah, probably on their iPhone. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get in trouble <laughs> for that. Um, we're going to move from here. To, do you have anything else to say about nobody, Mikey? No. No. Nobody's going to see that. Nobody. Nobody's going to see nobody. Let's talk about the <clears throat> Disney's Christmas Carol. Uh, uh, I've seen this trailer twice uh, in the theater. Yeah. And I don't know, man. It just seems like that story, I mean, it just seems overdone. And every two years there's some kind of Christmas Carol movie comes out. Yeah. I thought, when I saw the trailer, I thought, like, by. If you told me that this was a movie that came out eight years ago, I believe you. you could probably convince me that I saw it and forgot about it. Right. It's, it's one of the Well, you did see it when it was the Polar Express. <laughs> right. <laughs> is that is that kind of technology, which I think is not cool to watch. See, um, I would have. Yeah, yeah. That that hyper hyper real uh, animation like that uh, with yeah. it works well. I think when it's. Um, cartoony characters and stuff, but when it tries to be real, yeah. like real-looking human beings and stuff, it just looks kind of creepy to me. But I, I would have, I would rather see Mickey's Christmas Carol in 3D, <laughs> which was the uh, the version they did in the 80s. It was about half an hour long and uh, has Mickey Mouse in it. I think that A Christmas Carol is the second best story ever. And I'm really, I think, Disney deserves a big fuck you for going ahead and ruining it. And, and they ruined another Christmas story with Jim Carrey as well, you know? I mean... What other... What Jim else? Carrey took the Grinch. Oh, yeah, right. I yeah, think, that was a piece of shit. I think yeah. Christmas, the, A Christmas Carol is my dad's favorite story, I think, of all time. And um, Well, The Grinch is my favorite story of all time, so... There we go. <laughs> Thanks for ruining everything, Jim Carrey. <laughs> um, what did, so let me jump off on this. What do you guys think about every movie now coming out in 3D? And, like, why is this a new thing? Like, it seems like 3D was something you made fun of that they used to do in, like, the 60s and 70s um, and early 80s, and now 3D is back in a big way. Do you like going to the 3D movies? I've only ever seen one 3D movie, and that was like a, a Michael Jackson movie that I saw at Disney World. At Disney World, yeah. I remember that. Captain EO. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've yet to see a 3D movie in the theater recently. Well, what they got new technology. They got new 3D technology, and that's why it got rehype again. Okay. Right. 4D. <laughs> no, it's it's not it's not red and blue. It's like the glasses that you wear are not colored at all. It's, you can't. Yeah, you can't really tell. Uh, they don't look much different than just regular sunglasses or something. Right. And I think that maybe it was just being a kid when I watched that Michael Jackson movie, but I feel like the 3D that's done now isn't nearly as exciting as the 3D that I saw when I was a kid. But I'm not sure that I can trust my kid self, you know, to, because it was so crazy to see 3D place but i feel like the 3d movies now don't have nearly as much 3d elements in them well there's so much more advancements in other areas that it's like oh 3d okay i think it's cool i mean i I mean i'm not against it but i kind of like when when you sit there and i've heard somebody else say this too when you sit there and watch it after a while you just forget this in 3d and it's not impressive at all you know 
But I, I've seen a, several uh, because Maria has kids, and so now most movies I go to have been kids' movies lately. Um, and most kids' animated movies that are coming out are in 3D. Um, I've gotten to see several movies in 3D. The worst thing is the crappy movie theater we go to. They always adjust the 3D wrong. So it's, like, kind of cut off by the edges of the screen and stuff. Really? And, uh, yeah, we went to see uh, that Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movie. Yeah. Which was actually pretty cool and looked really cool. Um, but the, they had they had cropped it wrong so that, like, the 3D stuff that's supposed to be popping out of the screen was just, like, cut off. <laughs> and I went, I went and found the projectionist. Like, he was just out in the lobby, like, smoking a joint. Signing autographs? Yeah, and I was like, I just walked, for some reason I just walked up to him, to, I, I was going to see if they could fix it, and I didn't know he was a projectionist, but he's like, yeah man, I'm the projectionist. Yeah, I thought that was a little cut off. And he walked into the theater with me, like, to see it, and he was like, dude, it's all blurry. And I was like, um, you don't have your 3D glasses on, that's why it's blurry. And I just went and sat in my seat. <laughs> It's like, oh man, I bet this is awesome in 3D. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really excited to see this. but No, I don't think anybody should be. No, it just seems like it's just overdone. There's better versions of A Christmas Carol out there. Go watch one of those. Well, get this. Every year, the um, University of Tennessee Theater does A Christmas Carol. Right. And um are they doing it, it in 3D this year? <laughs> they um they had a new director last year and totally brought a whole uh, like did a, a new version of it. Not like a like a new interpretation or anything like that. It was just all new, you know. Right. Um it was just a new director. So we went to see it, and we go. We usually go see it on a regular basis because it's my dad's. Favorite. We watch a Christmas Carol some way or another every year, right. you know, either a movie or go to see it in theater. And um, this past year, we went. It was my sister Mackenzie, my dad, and my stepmom, and they all fucking they all wanted to leave at intermission. <laughs> we go out for intermission to pee and stuff. We come back in. We sit down. In the seats, and they're all like, "You guys want to leave? You guys want to leave? You you just want to leave?" And I'm like, "Fuck no!" You know, like I'm, I'm but I'm like, of course I'm putting the the good of the of the whole above myself, and I'm like, "Well, if you guys want to go, then we can go or whatever." And so we get up to walk out as the lights are coming down, and everybody's like, "Where are you guys going?" And, and <laughs> the family tells them, "They're like, oh, we're leaving." <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I was, Did your dad want to leave too? I I I don't know. I think my dad was falling asleep. It was that bad, huh? It wasn't bad. It was great. It was They'd already great. seen it. They realized halfway through. Like, shit, yeah, oh, we saw it last year. Yeah, he's going to change his mind about Christmas. Like, I heard there's a Disney version of this coming out next year, so let's just <laughs> leave it that. Jim Carrey's on board. Yeah. I don't want to ruin it, yeah. I heard they're using new technology where they're making people into computer versions of themselves so they don't have to act <laughs> as much. Um, well, what about uh, Adventures of Power? Oh, my God. Go ahead. Go ahead. Somebody else go first. Okay. Well, I oh, oh, I accidentally clicked on the movie clip. Yeah. And um, so I thought it was the trailer. Oh, shit. Maybe that's what I watched, too. The movie clip was 
just dude doing the the air drumming and like people dancing and stuff. Yeah, and that's what I watched. Okay, I watched half of the trailer um, as we started this podcast, but I realized I couldn't do two things at once, so I stopped the trailer. But I thought, wow. Um, on the on the knock against it category, it looks like they're trying to be Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, totally. On the, on the pro category, that movie clip is fucking hype. No. It's a dude running through a town playing air drums and people getting hype. That is not fucking hype at all. That is that's, fucking that's awful. The, the it's, that is not funny. Of hype. That's the that shit is not hype. funny. It's not hype. It was just fucking... You hit the nail on the head. Napoleon Dynamite was made several years ago, and it, I'm tired of it. So, fuck this movie. That's, that's shit our view of awesome. it. Shitty, shitty. Go watch the clip and, and be fucking annoyed by how Go fucking watch the clip hipster, and hipster cute well. it is. I, I say watch the trailer. Because I... Watching that, I sort of, like, I wished to myself that this was just a trailer and not an actual whole movie. I thought the trailer was hilarious. And the, the, the idea of having a whole movie about somebody being a professional air drummer is pretty funny, but, like, not to sit through two hours of it. Right. It maybe it would make a better funny short idea. Because yeah. <laughs> they, they all had all the actors in that movie, at least in the trailer, looked like they acted the entire movie with shit-eating grins on their faces. Just like, well, okay. check me out, I'm in the air drumming movie. What's interesting to me is uh, it's directed and stars Ari Gold. Yeah, I know, right? Is that not, is that not the, the character that Jeremy Piven plays on Entourage? It is, and that's a real-life character, but I'm not sure this is the same Ari Gold. <laughs> okay. I can't imagine it being the See, same. See, I would watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd watch a movie... That, that stars Jeremy Piven and the real Ari Gold meeting for the first time right. and see who win, wins in a fight. Do you know that the the character Ari Gold is based on Rahm Emanuel's brother? Oh, yeah? Ari Emanuel? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like a real-time, like, tough-as-balls Hollywood agent? That's the one. Yeah, that's no, that's thinking. the Ari yeah. Gold. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's somebody named Ari Gold. I'm going to blow your minds now. There's somebody named Ari Gold who I think is like their buddy, and that's why they named him Ari Gold. And there's somebody named Ari well, this Emanuel. this is probably the guy that's their buddy. Person. Yeah, this is probably the guy that's their buddy. Yeah, yeah. So I think your movie that you're talking about would be best if actually all three of those people were in a meeting. With them. <laughs> right. On Mushroom. Right. <laughs> what, um, what do you guys think about Rahm Emanuel? No. We're getting too political there? Okay. I'd say that for no episode where you bring pop out on. <laughs> All right. Well, last but not least, definitely not least opportunity to talk about this. Wait, there's more than just this. There's more than. Is this really the last one? This is the last what, one. About the Takers. Takers. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Takers. See. Uh, let me just pull up, if you're listening, pull up the, the trailer for Takers. And, and then, and, and this is what I thought as I was watching it. I go, Idris Bell? Yay! And then Paul Walker came on, I go, oh, boo! And then Matt Dillon came on, I go, oh, yay! And then T.I., no! Hayden Christensen, no! Chris Brown, no! <laughs> See, I had a very different reaction to it. I was like, oh, another heist movie that obviously would like to be Ocean's Eleven. Uh, wait a second. This movie's got Idris Elba, Paul Walker, Matt Dillon, T.I., Chris Brown, uh, the guy that played uh, that played Anakin Skywalker. 
<laughs> Holy shit, this has got to be the best movie ever made. No way, dude. Yeah, it's going to be sure. horrible. It's going to be great. It's going to be try- great. They're not trying to be Ocean's Eleven. They're trying to be Heat. Well, it's like Ocean's Eleven plus Heat plus Equal Paul eight. Walker. Plus Paul Walker. Anytime you got Paul Walker in there, it's going to be a classic for it's sure. Gonna be furious for sure. It's going to be Fast and Furious. <laughs> it's going to be... T.I. I love T.I. It's just, he's just playing himself. <laughs> what do you have to say, Mikey? Oh, this is not for me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's unnecessary. It is. I thought like a trying to be Ocean's Eleven with like what looked to be like a little matrixy gunfighting at the end. Bullet time, baby. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. Matt Dillon. Oh, we need that. Matt Dillon's like cornering the market on heist movies because he's got some other shitty heist movie with an armored car ripoff thing coming out. I guess that's, that's all the work what, he can get. That's what they do on Takers, too. They they rip off an armored car. Well, Remember they blew a hole in the street and the armored car fell through the street? Yeah, yeah, that's right. They must have just filmed both of those movies at the same time <laughs> just to save money. <laughs> Are heists even like such a, a common part of our... Uh shared experience here. Why do we need so many movies about heists? Because people like money. I guess so. Well. What are you eating, Groove? I'm eating a, um, a peach. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought sorry. you were over there eating oysters or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oysters I was trying to eat absolute. around the pit. You yeah. know when you eat a fruit that's like sticky and you try to eat around and then you finally have to hold on to the pit to get the other part and you're like, damn it, I want to hold it with the small amount of possible <clears throat> and stuff. So, yeah, I'm trying to do that. But Enjoy that sound, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the trailers, huh? That's Yeah, I mean, we could come up with some new ones. We did. I did watch it. I suggested to Mikey. I don't know if you watched it. Uh, the trailer for Up in the Air. What's that? Oh no, I didn't see it. Never mind. The air up there. No, Up in the Air. <laughs> Another Kevin Bacon movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, let's move on to um, what you've been listening to, Mikey. Okay, we're doing okay. This is backwards show, isn't it? It's backwards day. <laughs> I thought we already did this. That was. Uh, a- I've been listening to Sound Bombing Volume 2. Oh, the, yeah. Ah. I wish I thought of something new to say because I already <laughs> said this the last time before we scrapped it. You got someone else go first. His cell phone's going off. Blaney's at a widespread panic concert and he's sending me messages. Oh. Yeah, he sent me one too. Get the fuck out of here. He wasn't gonna go, and then um, and then he and we were gonna go play disc golf today, and then he was like, "Oh, I think Julia and I are gonna go down to the lot and see if we can pick up an extra ticket." And he sent me a text. lot. All right, that's Delaney? too much information. Well, I could answer what Delaney's been listening to. <laughs> what have you been? Li- I've been listening to uh, Groove Slurp on a Peach. <laughs> that's what I've been listening. To. I'm almost finished. I'm sorry. I didn't think it was going to make that much sound. Well, what have you been listening to? I got the pit in my mouth. Why don't you do it? <laughs> oh my god! All right, I've been listening. I'm I'm listening to soul coughing quite a bit. This week. You don't even see. You only know soul coughing because of that one song. But they have several songs. 
You only need to know him because that one. Mike Dot, Mike Doty, or whatever his name is. He's a poet. He's a poet. He's a poet. Nah, I like they have all these stream of consciousness songs. I really like like Soft Serve and some of their other songs. So I don't know. And Circles itself is a good song. You have to admit that, even if you just like that song, Circles, that's a good song. I, like I didn't song. say I like it. I'm saying if you if you like it, which I know that you don't like it because you don't like anything. <laughs> Mikey likes it. Well, yeah, I um, I actually uh, so so J- Josh and Delaney and I um, we drove a lot yesterday, and on our drive home, um, Delaney put in the only built for Cuban Links two. Remix album, right? Uh, uh, so there's only built for Cuban Links two, and then some DJ went and remixed the entire album, and we yeah. listened to that basically straight through. And, Wait, that's uh, what is that a Raekwon album? Is that right? Yeah, the yeah. Chef Raekwon, right. and um, chef. yeah, he's cooking up some shit. Um, I don't, yeah, I, if you like only built for Cuban Links, then you're gonna like. Then you're gonna like uh, only built for Cuban links too, and I think that there's there's you know there's basically two different kinds of Wu listeners. There's the Wu listener that likes all the Wu Tang Clan stuff, and then and then there's the the Wu listeners that try to listen to all the solo projects as well. And um, see, I'm just now getting to where I'm listening to some of the solo project stuff, and I actually have a Cuban links album, but I haven't really listened to it very much. That. I really like that album. That's probably yeah. my second favorite of the so, solos. So the the part two, there there already was a part two, but you listened to the remix of part two. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and it, it it was, I mean, it was all right. The the DJ kept putting his name in the beginning of every single song. Oh. You know yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. But how else is he gonna let people know that he did remix it? Yeah. Well, yeah. True. That That's sounds pretty true. hype. I have to check that out. The um. W- how long ago did that come out, Dina? I have no idea. Uh, Delaney said he had just now downloaded it, and I haven't really been involved in like seeing what's new lately. So, right. At least in the Do rap game. I tell you another uh, Wu Tang solo album that I just have gotten into recently, and it's by maybe the most obscurest of the Wu Tang guys is uh, is Masticillus. Uh, second solo album, I think. Maybe it's his first solo album. I can't remember what it's called, but it's really good. <laughs> Great, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll go find that. Uh, <laughs> Google him, Meth. Google him. Master Killer. Yeah, I know Master. Spells with with an A. Yeah, just so you know how to. Mikey, Mikey knows a lot about uh, the Wu. Mikey's gone. He's gone down the solo album rabbit hole. Oh, so so Mikey, what is Master Killer's first uh, first solo album called? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> Oh, there you go. There you go. He's, well, an, he's obviously an expert. Killer was the guy from that Halo game that you guys watched. <laughs> that's, that's, master, that's Master Chief. Master uh, Chief. Yeah. Master Killer? That's that's a member of the Wu-Tang Clan? Yeah. He's, like I said, he's one of the obscure members of the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, he's no actually said, a member of the Wu-Tang Clan, or he's like just part of the... No, he's an actual member. He, was, he only sang... He only had one line or one verse in uh, the, the first Wu-Tang album, uh, Enter the 36 Chambers, because he was in jail and they had to record it while he was in jail. But many have said it's one of the best uh, best lines from that what album. What song was it? I can't remember. You don't know? 
I want to no. find it. It's one of the most memorable verses on the album, and I don't remember. I don't remember. Did you record it on one of those little jail telephones? <laughs> yeah, I think so. They recorded on like a like an old handheld recorder or something. But um, yeah, that's he only. I, I can't. I don't know which song it was that he was on. No said date is his uh, first solo album though. Actually, yeah. I really, yeah. I really dig that album. You should check it out. Yeah, Ghostface. Oh, his, his, his it was on the um the mystery. Ghostface is your favorite killer. Uh, Ghostface killer. I like Ghostface too. I like that uh, Fish Scale album. But um, oh the the verse Master Kill's verse is on the mystery of chess boxing. There you go. There you go. Wu Tang knowledge. <laughs> there's things to fuck with. <laughs> and then there's the Wu Tang Clan. There's the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> so, Mikey. Okay. Your fa- by far, your favorite is Ghostface Killer. No, the, the RZA is my favorite uh, Wu-Tang artist, but I was saying in terms of killers. Okay. Wait, RZA is your favorite as far from, do you like his, do you like his rapping ability? His, his style? Yeah, it's, it's crazy, you know, it's like, it's really sort of out there, and he sort of like barely even hangs on the beat, um, it's like a little schizophrenic, um, but they all sort of are, but yeah. And this, he has, he has like a speech impediment to you, it seems like. So. Let's, Let's go ahead and get into this this talk with Mikey about hip hop and stuff because what one of the questions that I had for you um was how you base what you like in regards to this genre if it's you know like um l- lyrics um the production value or or say like like you're talking about with the RZA, um ha- how he delivers you know his delivery or if it's like context or or relevance to uh, what's going on today? How you base your assessments? Well, like, so yeah. But before we get onto that, I, I want to finish this this tip. Maybe he can work this in. I know so many people who cannot stand the RZA rapping. They like him as a producer, really. And they like his beats, and they really do not like his style as a rapper. Which I like it because it's out there and weird and stuff. But anyway, it's interesting to me that, you, that he's your bubble favorite. goose feathers. Got him thick as Carl Weathers. <laughs> that's from that. Bobby Digital, isn't it? Yeah, well, he is Bobby Digital. He's Robert Diggs. Yeah, from um, the Bob- that's from that first Bobby Digital album, though. Yeah, yeah. I will say what I what I don't like about Wu Tang, um, which has to do with what I like most about rap music, which I think has to be the lyrics, is that they don't really follow a narrative. Any of them on any of their songs. Like me and my brother used to joke when we were little, and we were listening to like. Uh, like Edge of the 30s' chambers, that it sounded like they could like just grab like the back of your shampoo bottle in the shower and just start <laughs> rap about like Food and Drug Administration recommends rinsing twice, you know? <laughs> like they just they just saying like random things and they sort of funny and like once in a while you can like pick out like a line that sort of you know sounds like it's really yeah. Their thing is like referencing old movies and and the whole martial arts thing and all that stuff. I mean that's kind of where that's that's kind of where I get there. A narrative, if you will, but I guess as far as like, what do you want them to have some more message songs? Is that what you're saying, Mikey? It's not necessarily about a message. I think rap with a message ends up sounding kind of cheesy, but I think what it's really all about is like, that like someone just trying to like give you an idea of like what it's like to be themselves. <clears throat> it's like it's like rap more than any other form of music could have like lyrics that don't need to be like all cryptic or anything like that. That could be like easily understood. And that's basically about someone just like 
trying to make you understand what it's like to be them. Right. I got you. Yeah, the, the, I guess I guess I can see your your point of view on that as far as the Wu Tang Clan goes. But I still like them better than say like the Beastie Boys. I don't like because oh. none of the things they rap about ever make sense. Thank you. Listen, all y'all, it's a sabotage. Thank you. <laughs> I like the Beastie Boys, but let's not get into that because then Groove is just going to hate some more. We've already had enough hate from him on this podcast. So, <sighs> um, yeah, that that brings up a point that I'll that thing- by you in my walk. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Well, the thing that I like about hip hop music, and this is coming from a uh, you know thirty one year old middle class white kid. Um, is the the fact that it, it acts as a time capsule more so than a lot of other genres of music, I think. Because, you know, it references things in pop culture and things that have happened, and, you know, it tends to, like, like really good hip-hop tends to, like, reference the time period it's in, I think. And... Yeah. I, I think that's it's interesting to me, like to go back and listen to to stuff that I that was popular in high school, and it brings back these sort of memories of things that happened during then that maybe not not necessarily happened to me, but you know just happened in the news or in pop culture and stuff that I you know sometimes there'll be a reference in it that I'll have to look up because I forgot what that was or whatever you know it's just. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree that that's, that's cool. And I think that sort of becomes really funny looking at that. Like on uh, Illmatic, I think there's a line where Nas says, uh, and when I dress, it's nothing less than guess. <laughs> Which I guess was like really cool. Right, but now it's not cool at all. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that he's wearing a lot of guess these days. Well, that's <laughs> the downside of it, I guess, is it can well, be he, But he's still not wearing anything less than guess. <laughs> it's true. That's <laughs> right. definitely fun. <laughs> But it, I guess it can it can cause rap to become dated, and a lot of times, you know, hip hop does become dated. I think, but I don't know. That's it's also the strength of it. I think too for me, what I like so, about. So, what are your favorite albums in the genre of all time, and why, Mikey? Um, the number one rap album. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it would be no surprise to you guys. Yeah. Um, that it's ready to die. Right. And I think it just has it has everything that you would want out of a rap album. Like you said before, like the production values are are good. They're not like the best ever, but they're not bad. Um, he doesn't mess with like a ton of like guest stars on there. Like the only other rapper to appear on Ready to Die is Method Man. Yeah, right. But he's got like everything. He's got like he starts out and gives you like four or five songs that are just like all about like sort of like bravado, you know, like. He's just bragging, and it's sort of, it's a lot of what would be, like, really easy to criticize about rap. Like, he's talking about, like, all the guns he has and, you know, how he kills people, which I don't really think that he is as hard as he claims he is. Yeah. Right. But he also means he's talking about, like, selling drugs. He's talking a bit sort of grossly as a huge fat man about his sexual prowess. <laughs> but then, right. like, right? But you get, you get all of that, and, um, but it's good. I mean, it is sort of, like, fun to listen to, and, like, the way, like, his verbal skills and the way he, like, sort of crafts lines and puts sentences together would have, like, I think, English teachers drooling if a kid in their class could come up with that. But you get all that, and you sort of, like, 
if you're taking it at face value, you're like, oh, like this guy's a piece of shit. Like he's just talking about all his guns and like how he fucks every girl he sees. Um, and then like all of a sudden you get to a track like Everyday Struggle. Yep. And it just starts out like, I know how it feels to wake up fucked up. Pockets broke as hell. Another rock to sell. People look at you like use the user selling drugs to all the losers. Um, I won't keep doing that rap. But it's just like he's painted this like picture of like I think even what, like like a white person like your Tipper Gore at the time like in early '94 is going to say like these are like the worst people in all society. These are like the people that are making like the inner cities unlivable. They're like selling crack and stuff. And all of a sudden you get like a song like that and you're like and this is how it feels like to try to be that person and have people looking at you. Like you're the worst. Yeah. And just trying to like live your life. I don't know. That was a little too much, I think. So. No. How this podcast works, but that's what I like about rap music, and that's why I like Ready to Die. Well, do you, so do you think that Ready to Die is the greatest? Uh, it's your favorite, but do you think it's the greatest hip hop album of all time? I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how to really separate like uh, those two things from each other. Right. My favorite. I mean, it comes down to I don't know. I mean, I have. Well, albums. Mikey, Mikey just got lucky. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'd say like another example on the the track "The What" with Method Man. Yeah, just I think for me, what I really like about rap also is like the way that like they act so hard. So then when they like sort of like give a line that's like an indication about like you know like their feelings or just some sort of like intimate look at their lives, it like it comes off even though it's like not that much as being sort of really meaningful. Yeah, and so on that song where you like, no, not not on the song "Ready to Die," but where he actually like throws in as a lyric, like the title track, he says, uh, "Ready to die? Why I act that way? Pop Duke left Mop Duke. The faggot took the back way." So he's like, he's being homophobic and it's terrible, um, and it's really sort of like, I don't know if you you can just pass over it and not think about it. But that's like Biggie, who's just gone on for like forty minutes about all his guns and his bitches, saying like. You know what really hurts in my life that like my dad's gone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, which brings us into your critique of um, the Blueprint Three. Yeah. Because uh, um, repeat. Well, talk talk about it. Talk about the potential that that Jay Z had with this, and 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 whether or not he lived up to it. Well, I mean, my favorite Jay-Z album by far is the Black Album. Because? Because that's the first album where he, like, well, it's not the first album, um, but, like, songs like, uh, what is it, like, Moment of Clarity? Mm-hmm. That was the one that starts out, like, Pop died, didn't cry, didn't know him that well, between him doing heroin and me doing crack sales. And he's talking about, like, being at his dad's funeral and just, like, you know, not crying. I don't know, that was the first song where, like, he sort of, like, dissects, like, who he is as a person and, like, how he got that way. Um, and, like, what, sort of, what like, year what, did the Black Album come out? Uh, I don't know, like, early 2000s? Yeah, it was, like, 2005, I think. Okay, yeah. No, four. Like three, four? Yeah, three or four. What? That came out on the Thursday, uh, or Friday after Thanksgiving. Is that generally considered, uh, oh, Black Friday, how... Yeah. how how appropriate. Yeah. Well, he um, actually no, he actually paid money to have it released not on a Tuesday, but have it released uh, right, on Friday. Right. That's why I mentioned it was a significant event. Right, I didn't think about it. that. Yeah, yeah. Is that considered his best album? Mm, uh, 
I mean, generally, like, critically, and because it was interesting. I did a, I did an informal poll of like as many people as I could talk to uh, a couple months ago about what they think the best um, hip hop album is, and these were people I went to high school with, people who were in high school now, variety of backgrounds and everything. And the number one response was "Ready to Die" from from out of that, and the number two response was the Black Album, which kind of surprised me because I'm not That's a big Jay Z fan. Too. But I didn't think that that was – that's not really what tends to be brought up when I talk to people about what, you know, about Jay-Z or whatever. Right. So, is because that, he does like the big pimping stuff too. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's sort of – I mean, I like that about him too, that he like he's able – he does the commercial stuff and like the club hits. And he could just keep doing that. Um, and he's like – you know, he stopped like on Black Album and said like, let me like actually make an album that's like meaningful. Right. It's like about me. That there's some sort of like catharsis here, like for me to express this stuff. <laughs> um, I don't know, because how like there's like a few different types of like rap songs out there, right? There's like the rags to riches rap song is pretty popular. Yeah. There's like the just generally like bragging rap song. Right. There's the I'm I'm already rich now. Bravado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, between those two, you almost have like the template for like 90% of rap songs. Especially what's popular now as well. What's more popular now than I think used to be, but maybe I'm wrong. Continue. Um, yeah. And then I guess there's just like within that, like the bravado one, there's like there's the violence bravado. Um and then there's like the money bravado. And that's that's the biggest one right now, I think. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, you good point. And, you know, Biggie did the, the violent bravado um, into, I guess, like, the money bravado. Um, so, I don't know. For me, I I like the rags to riches a lot. Um, but I just like the ones that are basically, like, an insight into their character. I'll say openly, I'm a big fan of Kanye West just for that very reason. He may not come off as, like, a great guy, but he at least comes off as, like, honestly trying to... Hold on. I'm going to let you finish, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I had to get that last Kanye guys... joke in there. What are you guys' favorite rap albums? I, I like AT Aliens. I think, but but a lot, I don't. I'm not going to try to argue with anybody that that's the best rap album of all time, though. And I think that's that's <clears> why I can understand what Joey's trying to get at because I don't think it's the best, or I don't think that it would. I think it's too. I'm too biased towards it to try to say that it's the best. Um, but I think that it's, um, it, I mean, number one, it's what got me into that genre of music. Uh, and number two, it's, um, it was, I think there is some of the, um, the best, uh, mu- musicianship and also, uh, lyricism in that album. And, um, the funny thing is, and the, I guess the sad thing or weird thing is, is that I really haven't listened to Outkast in over a year like at all. Um, and, and I think when I went off them, I went off them for good for the most part. And I'd like to go back and listen to it again, but I just hold it in such a warm spot in my heart that, um, that I guess I'm so scared that since I'm like not really liking them at all right now, that I'd be scared to listen to that album again. But I know I'm wrong. I know that if I listen to it, I'm going to love it just as much as I always have. I mean, I've right. owned like five or six copies of that CD because if I ever lose that CD, I have to go out and buy that actual CD. Um, but that song, Elevators, um, parentheses, me and you, 
is is probably my favorite rap song of all time. I, I have, have a hard time seeing that not hold up to a, another listen. I think you probably should go for it. Yeah, right? No, yeah, yeah for sure. But I'm going to have to go buy it because I don't have it on me. I so, think that, that my favorite rap album of all time is Equimini, actually, by uh, by Outkast. But I, I, here again, I don't cons- I don't think it's the greatest rap album of all time. You know, I think that there's other things that have, um, and, I, and I don't necessarily know that I'm qualified to judge that, which is why I asked so many people about it. I was interested to, to hear what people had to say about what the best, and, and 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 interested to see if people would tell the truth or just tell what their favorite thing was. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's also that they did so much for Southern rap. You know, without Outkast, it's going to take a long time for the South to get recognized. You know, back in '96 and '94. Right. Right? I mean, otherwise, yeah. it's just East Coast, West Coast. That's it. Right. And then without the South, you don't have the Miami genre or the or the Texas, Deep South, Louisiana, none of the Magnolia Avenue, Hot Boys, any of that stuff. I mean, they really, I feel like they really opened the door for the South to be recognized as, like, we got, legitimately, we got something to say. Right. Well, I think the Miami thing, which is not very good, you and I say that as a person from Miami, sort of came more off like the booty face movement. Okay. Um, but they definitely, I mean, they definitely did open, I think, the door for the rest of the southern stuff. Yeah. At the time, I always sort of liked the goody mob better. <laughs> even, even though, even though in retrospect, I recognize that like the the Outkast albums were a lot better. Yeah, that didn't even come out yet. <laughs> Yeah. I, I thought it was like the like the cool alternative to like yeah you got that outcast like, this is I the, got that good you know, this is the real outcast they don't dance no more <laughs> did you ever, well did you ever listen to the Dungeon Family album yeah I but I don't think until later I remember you having that yeah but that's years after it came out I think yeah for sure yeah well and another well there there's the one guy. That was in that dungeon family that was not in the Goody Mob or Outcast, and that's CeeLo. CeeLo was in the Goody Mob. Was he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, was like the most prominent Goody Mob member. Well, I'm fucked up then. Well, <laughs> that's, that's okay. I didn't know who Max CeeLo was. <laughs> <laughs> I told you he's obscure. I like uh, Enter the Thirty Six Chambers as becoming one of my favorite hip hop albums. I didn't, I wasn't really into the Wu Tang Clan when they were at their height, which was, you know, right, really my twenty years, really early college years when they were really, you know, everybody was hyped on the Wu Tang Clan. But um, I like that album a lot. I would, I would say that if you asked any member of the Wu Tang Clan, they'd say they're on top right now. I'm sure they would. <laughs> yeah, this is the Woo, right forever. Well, it's forever, really. It so. is forever. Yeah. Didn't RZA have a blueprint for world domination that they reached, like in like '99? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was. I made a guess when I thought that we were going to talk about our favorite rap albums as to what year or two favorite rap albums would be. What? what? I, I guessed AT Aliens, and then I guessed Enter the Thirty Six Chambers. Although I guess that's not what you said. But no, I, I would say Equimini in in general, just because I've liked it for, I don't know if I've listened to it so much, but I I, I do the Thirty Six Chambers has really grown on me. I also like uh, ODB's solo solo stuff, and I've always been a fan of uh, like Tribe Called Quest and stuff too. So like Low End Theory would be in there as one of my favorite rap albums of all time too. So 
I got this, uh, I got introduced to this kid, and I say he's a kid, he's like a sophomore in college, um, and, uh, and I asked him, and, and this was like a couple weeks ago, I asked him what his, um, what he listened to, you know, and, um, and he said he liked a lot of rap, and, uh, and so, I asked him what it was, and he named off, like, whatever's, like, you know, like Lil Wayne and stuff like that, and, um, I was like, here, check out the CD. I, I didn't really know the kid too well. I knew I was going to yeah. see him again, but I didn't really know him that well. And I gave him a love movement. Yeah. Um, right. And I was like, man, check this out. Hey, booty. And, and he gave it back to me just the other day. He's like, yeah, I don't really like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, at least you're honest. Right. I, well, I wouldn't, if I were going to like hype somebody a trap called Quest, I'd start him out on low end theory. Because I yeah. think it's just really, it's the most accessible, I think, but. I love movement is is really good too. I've listened to that a little bit since you made it your uh, what you were listening to a few weeks ago actually. You've been listening to Low End Theory or Love Movement? I love movement. Yeah. 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 It is good. I, it's one that I it, I think it's their la it was their last album actually. I think it um, is too. Yeah. But it's it it was good. Uh, it is good. I, but I like almost everything from those guys. I I like Q-Tip's uh, latest solo album too. Uh. I th- I would be really hard pressed to say what is the best tribe album, in a way that's sort of like a, you know, laudatory to them because they're all really good. And yeah. even like they have like a like a best of album, and when you look at the tracks that are on the best of album, you sort of like. I was surprised. I was like, those are their best songs. Oh yeah, <laughs> they weren't your they, their your favorite songs from them weren't on the best of. No. See, I think that that's an anthology. I think I think it's actually a pretty good representation of them. But, um, huh. that's cool. but I do. I, I don't know. Low in theory, I just think is really good. And I I have so many. I have a lot of people in my life that I wouldn't expect to ever have listened to hip hop or anything before. And a, a lot of those people own a low, own low in theory, like uh, Spencer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Spencer's really into most of what he listens to is hardcore and stuff like that, and and he's that's one of his favorite albums of all time is Low End Theory. So it's kind of I don't know. I like a lot of the stuff from that kind of jazz rap era. Uh, my favorite from that is is Diggable Planets by far. So Diggable Planets, um, Dale Souls' first album is really good. Uh, what? Who's typing? Fury. Joey. You're hunting yeah. and pecking, Mikey. Yes, yeah, you. You know it's not <laughs> You are typing with two index fingers. Oh, I thought that'd be quieter. <laughs> oh, I'm writing a paper. <laughs> uh, so what's the hype? Mm. <laughs> okay. There's obviously yeah, not that much hype going on. Hype right there. Not any hype. I've got some hype, and I'll fuck it. I'll just go ahead and talk about it then. What is um, it? Well, I was and uh, go ahead and go. Oh, oh, there you go. You've already done it. Uh, yeah, Josh and oh. I. Josh and I drove down to Rock Hill, South Carolina yesterday. Um, I actually woke up at seven a.m. and and we we got we were on the road by eight thirty. Um, down to Charlotte. We we stopped in Charlotte first and played Hornet's Nest, which is a championship caliber course. It's awesome. And there's the nest and the spy, uh, and the web, and the web's like the, the tougher version of the course, and that's actually what we played. 
and uh, a lot of par fours and some par fives as well. Like we're talking legit hard disc golf. And then we drove over to Winthrop Gold to watch the final round of the United States Disc Golf Championships. And I tell you, I've never seen that many disc golfers in one spot in my entire life. I've never even imagined that many disc golfers. That must have been terrifying and disheartening. It was, it was, to be honest, it was not, I mean, well, like anything you like, you like to go see the best, you know what I mean? Like, if somebody likes to watch golf, then they want to watch the U.S. Open, you know, and watch Tiger play and, like, walk around and watch that. And that's what this was for disc golf. And um, and it was a very interesting cross-section of white America, I guess, uh, because there were people there that were, like, that you would expect to see at a widespread show or something like that, like, really – they, they, you know, the long dreads and like the ugly clothes it, carrying babies with them, you know, that look like they're eating, you know, the veggie burritos and stuff like that. But then there's also these guys with very long goatees with like angry T-shirts and stuff like that walking around and shorts that go down to their shins and like skateboard shoes or boots and stuff like that. And like, and then there's the people that look like they just stepped out of the gold's gym and they've got like three different kinds of sweatbands on at various locations, of their bodies, like right below their knees and up on their forearms and around their head and stuff like that. I don't, it was, it was interesting. It was fun. And I tell you what, we're, we're all going to go next year. And we, Delaney and Josh and I were talking about this, Jigget, that we need to do a live episode from the USTGC. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, as if as if the listeners haven't heard enough disc golf babbling. Well, we we, we snuck out during the awards ceremony and played a couple <laughs> of holes on the uh, on the on this course that they have it all like modified for the pros. The, 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 they've got like a lot of out of bounds that they marked off with ropes and stuff like that, and it's a joke because when you watch these guys throw. You're thinking, oh, that's a pretty good shot, and then you go and you try to do the same shot, and you realize just how, um, just how hard it is to make the shots that they were making. That's all I said. I'm done. Yeah, I saw I saw the picture you tweeted from there, and I was really shocked how many people were there watching that. There were probably 400, 500 people there, hmm. and there, everybody had these booths. Like, there were some vendors, you know, that had booze and um, all these, like, ridiculous discs of, like, super heady stamps on them and stuff like that. <laughs> and there's, like, marijuana leaf pictures on these putters and stuff like that. And, like, you just imagine the person that shows up and buys that disc. And you just, Yeah, they, they, they can't wait like, to go home to their buddies. Like, dude, you will not believe what I got this weekend. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> I went to the championships, bro. They had this um, longest drive competition, and like the course itself is real beautiful. And and the clubhouse, they they actually have a clubhouse, is on top of a hill, and it goes down a hill to a body of water, and on the other side of the water, it goes back uphill again. And Kicker, the subwoofer company, 
was one of the sponsors of the event, mm-hmm. and so they had this MC, you know, talking, you know, and like, oh, we're doing the longest drive competition, you know, all this kind of stuff, and they were playing, and 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 Josh and Delaney mentioned that like after the tournament was over is when they had these competitions. They had like a putting competition, longest drive competition, this kind of stuff. And it was like real mellow after the after the tournament was over, and everybody was just kind of milling around and shopping and stuff. And then all of a sudden, you walk around to the front of the um, the clubhouse, and the kickers got this like rap rock mashup genre of music playing at very loud volume with like people screaming and yelling for these pro disc golfers who are hopping around getting really pumped up to throw long drives and stuff and they was they said did uh everybody just do a bunch of coke because on the one end everybody's really mellow and then on the other end just everybody's losing their minds over something that you know it's just a longest drive competition these dudes were throwing really far though it was fun and but there was one guy that kept trying to get everybody hype up and like raising his arms and stuff, and then right before he would tee off, they would cut the music. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't think he ever made it over the water. So. Yeah. What's up in New York City? It's your boy Ghost in the motherfucking house tonight. You know what I mean? We're about to get it poppin'. Let's go. I'm back and forth between two mediocre ones, but I think maybe my what's the hype is uh, people who look really unathletic or out of shape and then surprise you with amazing feats of strength or athleticism. Did you just watch some guy lift a car so a child could get out from underneath it the other day or something? No, I've, I've been going and uh, swimming in the, the pool on campus. Yeah. And uh, I just had this sort of, like, strange experience in the pool the other day. Usually it's pretty empty. But I, I went there, and it took me, like, a long time to, uh, to get a lane. And finally I got one, and I was swimming for a while. And, like, something that happens when you're swimming, or at least for me, is, like, if someone gets in the lane next to you, you might, like, if you're getting bored, like, wait till they push off and push off at the same time and kind of, like, pace yourself. <laughs> so <laughs> I had originally waited for a lane while these two girls, um, who I think were, they were Asian, like, not speaking English, um, they were taking up two lanes and they weren't really swimming. They were, just sort of like, they were just sort of, like, swimming ten feet and then flashing each other and stuff. And I was giving them dirty looks for a while thinking that they should just get in the same lane and splash each other. Are you guys still there? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry, my microphone came out. I'm listening, though. Okay, so uh, eventually one of them um, stopped and offered to share her lane with me, so I sort of, like, hugged the side while she splashed her friend. (laughs) But But then they got out, and this guy gets in, and he's like, He's, so he was sort of Middle Eastern. He must have been, like, in the high 200s. Um, and he's wearing just a tiny, not a bikini, but, like, a little sort of, like, mm. tiny little pair of shorts mm. of, of mm. Speed, speed material. Speed, speed shorts. Yeah. Trying to and cut down like, on the drag. T- tiny little legs, 
humongous belly, um, hairier than myself. That's... And, uh, I, you know, I take a peek, and uh, I sort of, like, come in and get a drink of water, and I'm ready to push off again, and I see he's, like, waiting for me. Like, he's, he's going to pace himself against me. And I'm like, oh, fatty, come on. <laughs> I'm a pretty good swimmer. And so I push off, and I, I don't even sort of, like, look in his direction. And all of a sudden, it's just like, it was like an uh, outboard engine. Just, <laughs> just bubbly water getting in my face. And that guy was like, he was a big rocket. <laughs> he was incredibly fast. I wasn't expecting it. He was making good use of his, his legs then? I don't know how he did it because he he was like at least more than half stomach of his total body mass. It was just like one of those big powerful looking stomachs that find yourself admiring on strangers. Um, but I don't know. He must have been just like moving those tree trunks. <laughs> so. Uh... Did did he beat you then overall, or did was it that he could sprint really well, but his endurance was shit? Yeah, he didn't have much after those first couple lengths. Yeah, he wanted <laughs> to come in and make a statement. <laughs> he also didn't do the flip turn. I don't know why, but he uh, he like stopped and started, which took up a little bit of time. I think because he liked he liked that maybe the push off was his thing. What is um? What are you averaging? In your how many laps are you you going going through? I don't know because uh, what I like to do is just sort of get in there and lose track of time and count and just sort of the same way like if I don't know if you guys ever go running but you sort of like after a while you disassociate a little bit and you just sort of like forget what you're doing and start thinking about other stuff. That's like the runner's high or the swimmer's high, I guess. Yeah. Do you have any uh, recurring thoughts? Do you do you go to a, a space where you think about like um, your future? Or I, think about, I think about insightful things to say about rap music on podcasts. Yeah. I yeah. forget them all when it's time to go. <laughs> thinking about thinking about the Adventures in Power movie okay. trailers. What's not the hype? Did we lose Joe? I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. Does that mean we're still recording? Or we oh, sorry. I was, I was eating <laughs> M&M's. I had my, had my mic off. I'm here. What's not the hype, Jerry? Oh, um, my I've I've got a report on my uh, hype still out from last week about uh, trimming my chest hair. Not a good idea. No. No, no, no. It uh, itches like a motherfucker. And so, uh, yeah, I won't be doing that again. So that's my not the hype. Itchy chest hair. David. Um, <laughs> I went to GameStop today, and um, I, if you go to a video game store, I mean, I guess these guys have to deal with the general public, and they got to deal with like moms buying video games for their kids, and you know that kind of stuff. But for the most part, if you're going in to make a purchase, odds are you you probably know something about video games, and yet the people behind the counter treat me like I don't know anything at all. And I, I had to stand there after buying this game today and listen to this guy go on for about four or five minutes about the sequel 
to the game and everything that it's going to have in it. And everything that he said I learned about in the first five minutes of the announcement that there would be a sequel. You know, like there was nothing new that he was telling me. But I didn't really, I mean, I just didn't want to say shut up to him. And he he kept trying to get me to put a down payment. And I think the reason was that he wanted me to pre-order it. And uh, and he was like, oh, you put the $5 on it now and we take $5 off. So it's like you get the $5 back that you would put down on this game. And, you you know, if you pre-order through us, you get this one weapon in the new game and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, I just stood there blank face staring at him like just really, I just wanted to get out of that store. And I didn't want to hear the same thing that I've heard over and over again. And I guess it's a matter of pride of wanting to prove to the guy that, you know, the thing already. But but by doing that, you're a bigger asshole than he is for assuming that you don't know it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, GameStop Pusher Man. Yeah, well, that's their job. they got to meet them quotas. That's a shame. Yeah. I mean, I, you have to, like, have some sympathy for those guys, too, because I'm sure they do deal with their fair share of idiots and people that don't know shit about video games. Like, oh, what should I get for my son? He wants a vid- wants one of the, the Nintendo games. You know, that sort of thing. But, you know, it, it, there is a high propensity of, like, assholes in situations like that, too, you know, so working in places like that. but Mikey, I know you play a lot of video games. Um, Mikey Love, he's a Tiger Woods guy. Yeah. He's a Tiger Woods golf. What if you What if you found that like at other stores though? I mean, I guess you, we talked about it before. I don't know if you got cut. Like you get that at the record store too. Well, that's the thing though. Is that I mean, that you don't find it at every store. You only no, find not... it at some stores. And what gives them the right? Like I don't walk into Jay Z Penny and have some guy tell me, "Well, did you see last year's slacks?" <laughs> yeah. Like, that's well, that's why people... Did you want a pleat? Did you even know what a pleat is? <laughs> I had a guy at uh, Sam and Goody one time. We, we were buying a, a Blu-ray. And uh, and the guy was like, you guys realize this isn't going to play in a DVD player, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm under 50 years old. Let's just assume that I know the difference between Blu-ray and DVD. But he also doesn't want to deal with motherfuckers bringing shit back. I know, man. Yeah, that's what you have to... My dad, like, as a part-time job after he retired from IBM, he would work holidays at Kmart in the electronics department. It was mostly to get him out of the house so that my mom wouldn't, you know, go crazy. Yeah. But he used to tell me stories about people that would come in there, and, like, they would bring the DVDs back and say, "Uh, this is broken. It's got black lines on top and bottom of it. Oh. That kind of stuff, you know? So there's only so much of that that you can deal with before you just... Assume everyone's an idiot, I guess. Yeah. Well, I w- it was assumed that I was an idiot and I didn't know anything about Left 4 Dead 2. And yeah. they were trying to get me to pre-order it and I didn't. Well, you showed him, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I just bit my lip and let him go on his mark, you know, his pitch. And he's not really a good pitch man, the guy at GameStop. And I don't care what GameStop you go to. Because the more excited you sound about a product, the better you are at selling it. But the more excited you sound about video games, the more ridiculous you look. <laughs> right. So like it's you really shouldn't get that excited about it. Yeah. yeah, you need to try the cool man approach. Like, bro, what's your game tag? Yeah, if you pre-order this shit, I'll play with you and I'll rank you up. 
something. Yeah. There. What if he was just hater man though, just hated on every video game? Would you? Would that get your sale? I, well, I don't know. Maybe you should work at GameStop. Well, maybe you should. <laughs> visionary, visionary directors. <laughs> you could recommend the Watchmen video game to everybody. Yeah, maybe I could. Maybe I should. Maybe I will. <laughs> Go hate on everything. I. How am I the one that's hating on everything? Um, you're not. You're, yeah. you're hyping it all up. Yeah. <laughs> so the hype's still out. Mikey. Oh. The hype still the hype's still out on uh, cleaning your stuff, which I thought was something that was always what's not the hype. And I engaged in a like a actual day long clean of my room and car and apartment because mm-hmm. uh, I had a, a relative coming to town and stay with me. How um, was that, by the way? Uh, we had a nice time. Yeah, what'd you we do? Look, we did a little kayaking. We went down the, uh, the Saluda. Nice. Um, yeah. Mighty Saluda. Yeah. Was... Has the weather turned yet? Is it cold? Was that cold? No, there was like, we've had a couple cold days and it was cold today. hot this weekend. On Friday, yeah, it was like, it was real hot. It was like 80-some degrees. Nice. Um, and we, uh, the guest was my brother, and uh, we went to a football game, and we played tennis. And I've been playing tennis uh, competitively for the first time in my life for, I don't know, the past like five or six months with a, a great amount of success. And... Uh, he hasn't played tennis in two years, but he was my older brother, so he always beat me at everything. And I thought for sure I had him. And, mm-hmm. uh, no. He beat you? <laughs> like, terribly. <laughs> so how'd the cleaning go? Okay, so I'm, I'm not one for cleaning. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, in my apartment I keep, like, our common areas clean enough because um, that's just general courteousness. But I personally like, you know, it just seems like it's just too much of a pain in the ass. And I know some people who clean so religiously that it's sort of rude. Like every time you like, you know, pick up your glass, they're like underneath you, like, you know, cleaning the little dew that left. Yeah. And so you just sort of feel like you're just imposing. A, yeah, you're just imposing on their life, and all they really want is for you to leave so they can <laughs> spray things all over their apartment. But I mean. I don't know. I got like it seems like I got so much of my stuff back. Yeah, you find under the bed or in the closet. Yeah, that is the upside of cleaning. I've been meaning to eat that banana. <laughs> yeah. And it's and I mean it, things look nice. My bed smells nice and it's comfortable, but I, I just don't know that I can keep this up. So I think maybe I'm like a a bulimic cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to binge and purge. I'm just going to make a mess, and then in six months, I'm going to do it all over again. Do you get do you get real organized, too, and think that you have a whole new approach to life? Like, wow, this organization thing really does work. I'm going to I'm gonna stick to this. No, yeah. I've, been, I've been around that block too many times. <laughs> but I, don't, I guess me saying the hype's still out is my way of saying that I'm, I'm not sure to be able to do it. Well, you're the dirtiest man I know, so for you to say <laughs> that. <laughs> Look at that. Now he's hating. Oh, get off it. You get off it. What is your hype still out? I don't, I'm not going to have one because you'll just hate on yeah. it. Okay, well, great. This is a great end of the – let's talk about Saturday Night Live and then be done with it then. People, I'm, I'm afraid to. Yeah, well – Let's just listen to Mikey talk about Saturday Night Live. The hype's still out on Saturday Night Live. It may or may not be a good show. It might get canceled. 
people just can't seem to make their mind up about that one. Oh. Uh, no. Well, it, it's like it goes in ways. People like it, and then people hate it. And it's like, you know, I mean, people, it's a real popular to say, oh, it's not what it used to be. I only like their older stuff. But then, but then recently, people have started to say, oh, the writing's good again, and some of the actors are good. I don't ever think it was ever really the actor's fault. I think it was more the writers than anything else. When the yeah, show but the, stopped, the writing, the, the actors write a lot of the stuff too, so it is kind of the actor's but, fault. But like not as of, many as it used to be. Right, but it, I mean, traditionally, the actors have written a lot of the characters and stuff, and that's I think it. I think it has been weak the past couple of years, especially. But see, I don't. I do not go in for that. It seems like I've been watching the show since I was like, I don't know, little. Because my parents liked it, and people have always said how it used to be better. And yeah, then right. three three years will go by, and people will start talking about how it used to be better, and they'll be talking about the period three years before where the yeah. were telling you that it used exactly. to be better. Exactly. Yeah. So, I know it's not always good sometimes, but I mean, it's always sort of good enough, and sometimes it's, it's really good. I watch it every Sunday morning, without exception. I watch it every Sunday morning with pancakes. Yeah. And I think it's great. I mean, I fucking love it. But I've, and I haven't, man, I think at one time I got sucked into that. It's not as good as it used to be. But that was for a short time and I was confused. Because I I've, I think it's as good as it's ever been and it always will be that good. Hmm. Because it, there's not a single show that goes by where there's not one sketch that makes you laugh out loud. And See, there's been a couple of... In the past couple seasons, there's been a couple episodes I saw where I didn't laugh out loud once. And, I mean, it's gone. I, I, believe, I, you. I, I believe you. Well, I see the point. I, I understand the point. And, oh, well, they're old. They used to be better. But there's also, like, I, I have seen it go up and down in quality, though. Because I've been watching it since I was in high school. And there's, like, that period in high school where Adam Sandler and all those guys were on. It was hilarious. And then it dropped off a bit. And then the Will Ferrell, Sherry Terry, all that era came on. And it was really good again. And then after Will Ferrell left, there seemed to be this, like, vacuum. And it just, the writing wasn't as good and everything. And now it seems like it's kind of coming back again to me. But I want Bobby Moynihan to be on on the fucking... Not featured, but on the show. Oh, me too. That's uh, I, I think he's hilarious. I don't know. I, just, I love him. Just everything. Just, just the sight of him makes me start to laugh. Yeah. And the same with Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Yeah, she's really good too. I love her Target lady. But <laughs> Bobby Moynihan, have you seen how he's been doing the? Uh, who's that? The 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 chef guy with the blonde hair. Oh yeah, Bobby or. Um, he's on the TGI Fridays commercials. Yeah, or whatever. That motherfucker. He looks like uh he looks like an old fat Corey Feldman with like dyed blonde hair. And oh. oh yeah, he's the worst. He's the guy something. Yeah. Yeah, his name is Guy. Which yeah, his name is Guy. Guy. And Bobby Moynihan does a does a impersonation of Guy uh Gary. Yeah. That guy might have the worst look in America. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Bobby Moynihan just nails the impersonation of him. It's really good. I wish that Bobby Moynihan would bring back his uh, pepper guy, too. That's they good. did bring it back once. Yeah, the sticky count. Yeah, yeah, but I can't there. find it online anywhere. You can find it. I can find videos of me from when I was a toddler online, and I can't find that video. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're real strict with that stuff on 
the SNL, especially now that they've had all the, the success with, like, Dick in the Box and stuff. They don't, they don't let any of that get online that they don't want online. If Justin Timberlake could host the show for, like, a year in a, uh, in a row, I would watch it every single time. They really should have him on twice a year, for sure. He should be on – that's what he, his next career move should be. Yeah, he like should be on the cast. Saturday Night Live, yeah. Yeah. He is, he is funny. That's no, I failed to see his value as a performer at all until I saw him on Saturday Night Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. That, that was uh, shut so, down. what? What? Um, okay. Well, that's. I don't guess we need to get into just last night's episode in general, or Saturday night's episode and uh, Sunday in general, because I don't think enough people probably will have watched it. No, Bill Hader's killing it though. Do you think he could carry his own movie? Mm. No, I. I don't think that. You know. SNL maybe really translates that well to people being good on the movie. I mean, I know it worked for some like Adam Sandler and stuff, but that's what sort of killed Will Ferrell. Like, he yeah. was good and he was doing one thing and he loved because he had to leave the show eventually, so I don't think they make very much money. But, I mean, he had like a few years where he could do the same thing and be funny and now, you know, maybe see what's going on now. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I like, I like when Bill Hader shows up. Um, you know, in a small role. And then I, I, I like, I like Bill Hader's impersonations on Saturday Night Live, but most of the, his appearances in movies I haven't liked. He was my least favorite part of Superbad. Um, I don't know. David, you want like a, a Vinnie Vidinci movie or whatever? Where that skit seems to go on for two hours already. That's I love that skit. So it is so long, but it's so good. Hmm. Guy, you just <laughs> guy Fieri. Uh, yeah, I just tweeted that. Uh, yeah. Our friend has run into some of his old students at Widespread Panic, and they are. It's no <laughs> use to say my friend. We know that Glenn is that. Like that, he just sent that to me too. <laughs> Dad, I have other friends at Wide Press Panic. That's why the lady was sending me those messages because he ran into my friends. <laughs> yeah, I have to cut this from the show. Are we still recording? Uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> well, um, I think that's all for me. I'm getting ready to go eat dinner. Oh yeah, it's like oh, that. Yeah. Huh? yeah, it's like that. Well, I'm gonna go eat dinner too then. I'm eating spaghetti with soy meat. <laughs> oh, that should be a. I'll leave you with this suggestion since I, this, this may be my last uh, appearance on here, but you should add a. You should add a. What have you been eating to uh, your theme of what's the hype and what are you listening to? We we have all. I mean, pretty much we've almost done that. Yeah, I would. I would form more raise and make, it, make it a staple. Yeah. I've, I've been eating. I'm still eating avocados. And and I thought it was really funny that the, that avocados are one of the sponsors of the uh, Major League Baseball postseason. And I'm not shitting you, avocados. Just the national steroid. Avocados. They have commercials for them. Avocados. Hmm. Well, somebody's getting called. Eleventh graders. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
the money, yes sir, two for the show A couple of years ago, on Headland and the low What's the starter? Something good When me and my nigga rode the martyr Through the hood, just trying to find that hookup Now every day we looked up at the ceiling Watching ceiling fans go round Trying to catch that feeling off instrumental Had my pencil, and plus my paper We caught the 86 lot on your head At two decades writing rhymes Trying to find our spot off in that light Light off in that spot Knowing that we can rock Doing the hole in the wall club This shit here must stop Like freeze We making the crowd move But we uh, not making no G's And that's a no no A one two Dope niggas in the Cadillac They call us Went from Plagueis Ball to Ball Putting the stop up on the map It's like Little Rock to Bangin Niggas say motherfuck that Plaguein They payin We stayin Laggin vocals Locales done Made it with them big boys Up in this industry Outcast Yeah them niggas They making big noise Over a million soul to this day Niggas they take it like They 96 Gonna be that year That out y'all Plagueis Haters can bite me Around this bitch Yo mama and your cousin too Rolling down the step on poles Coming up slamming can't let go Me and you Yo mama and your cousin too Rolling down the strip on poles Coming up slamming can't let go Back in the day when I was younger, hunger, looking to fill me belly with that rallies, bullshit, bullshit, off like it was supposed to be pulled, full of the tick I was, stone like them white boys, smoking them white girls before them blunts got croaked, chunky asses, passes getting thrown like Hail Marys and they looking like Halle Berry, so, so fine, intertwined, but we ain't sipping wine, we just chilling, I'm the rabbit villain, and I'm so high, smoking freely, me Lil B, Reek Moaning Shook, and my little brother James, things changed in the hood where I live at, them rats know, Mama, I want to sing, but mama, I want to trick, trick. And mama, I'm sucking dicks now. We moving on up in the world like elevators. Me and the crew, we pimps like 82. Me and you like tone it, tone it, tone. Yeah, yeah. Like this, East Point, and we're gone. Me and you, yo mama and your cousin too. Rolling down the strip on poles. Coming up, slamming can't let go. Stopped at the mall the other day. Heard a call from the other way that I just came from. Some nigga was saying something. Talking about smoke something. You remember me from school? No, not really, but he kept smiling like a cloud. Facial expression looking silly. And he kept asking me, what kind of car you drive? I know you paid. I know y'all got buku with poles from all them songs that y'all done made. And I replied that I've been going through the same thing that he has. True, I got more fans than the average man, but not enough loot to last me. To the end of the week, I live by the beat like you live check to check. If you don't move your feet, then I don't eat. So we like neck to neck. Yes, we done come a long way like them. Slim ass cigarettes from Virginia. This ain't gonna stop, so we just gonna continue. Continue. You, your mama and your cousin too. Rolling down the strip on poles, coming up slamming cat like no. Me and you, your mama and your cousin too. Rolling down the strip on poles, coming up slamming cat like no. Me and you. Yo mama and your cousin too Rolling down the strip on the pole Coming up slamming cat like no Me and you Yo mama and your cousin too Rolling down the strip on the pole